On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Heath Oaks is a millennial mogul whose ignorance on fire led him to fail his way to success. Jenny Anchando is an Emmy award-winning journalist whose sharp eye and biting wit have led to her storied career in television. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only an odd couple with a dash of perfect opposite can. So kick back, relax, and join the conversation. This is Second Shot with your hosts, Heath and Jenny. Unfortunately for everybody, you get to have my voice back again and not just my beautiful wife, Jenny's. We're happy to have Heath back. Amy was kind of filling in last week and we had a great episode. She but killed Heath it. Heath is back, sunburn and all, yep. fresh off of a retreat with his team. And I don't Matt, know if you call it a retreat. We but. got Matt in and unfortunately Zach is still trying to play hooky. Yeah, he's on assignment. <laughs> Oh, darn him for having family time on assignment. I like that. He's looking for other headlines. Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, the good yes, call, he good is. call, man. He's investigating. On behalf of the podcast to search high and low in <laughs> Michigan or wherever he is. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's actually probably a perfect time to be in Michigan this time of year. Uh, probably. This is yeah. when all Texans leave. We are the last remaining three Texans before <laughs> school starts again. I feel yeah. like everyone gets their last escape before you know school really gets ramped up mid-August, early September. I think these like red lights probably help like really highlight my sunburn. Yeah. So what were do you doing? Do you only do sunscreen when I actually apply it for you, like a mother? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. That's just so so how so so heats. 30, so we had thirty. How old? We had we had my leadership team. So what we do is we have our quarterly leadership meetings, and the people who do the base production kind of qualifications, we do what's called a summit afterwards. So we always go somewhere fun, do something like maybe we go to Windstar for the night, maybe sure. we go to a resort in Possum Kingdom and play golf the next day. But this time we went down to Waco to that BSR cable park with the big Royal Flush Slide and the oh, Lazy okay. River and the yeah. wakeboard cabling and stuff, and rented like six or seven of the cabins there and. Stayed the night and hung out by a campfire all night and then went down the massive... Go go YouTube Royal Flush Waco and just look at some of the massive like water slides that are diagonal. Is it pretty cool? Oh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Is it right it's there scary. on the river? I'm not, I'm, look, I'm, I'm one that typically doesn't get nervous about much, but the big one they have there, when you're up there, you're going, ooh, this is oh, a little nervous. Oh, wow, really? This will make you a little n- nervous. Did you pitch my show idea to Chip and Joanna while you were in Waco? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I was thinking about talking to them a little bit, but I, I told them I didn't have time when they asked me to stop by. Yeah, okay. You mm-hmm. guys remember I told you about my biggest regret yeah. in life, which was not approaching them. So if anybody ever has that connection, you hook me up. Now, what was really eerie was we were 1.2 miles from the Branch Davidian compound from back in the early sure, 90s yeah. right with David Koresh and stuff so we went and drove by there and ro- drove in there oh really yeah it was, it was, I haven't like having lived here uh, my whole life I've mm-hmm. and I've been down to Waco many times I've never gone I guess I didn't even realize you could go out there yeah I mean you can drive in there there's people still live out there really yes they uh, think David Koresh will be coming back oh so they're like people still living there yes. because they're part of yes. the mm-hmm. Branch Davidians uh-huh. wow 
Yeah, it was pretty crazy. We can see where all the old bunkers were, where they had the buses and stuff under and all that. It's, it's nuts. And That's something else. It's a crazy story to go look at. And we're watching that documentary on it, which is yeah. fascinating. Okay, I want to get into our first headline for today. Um, if you're in the Dallas area, well, really, this was a, a big national headline, too. So Good Samaritans help rescue driver having seizure on Dallas Highway. This rescue was caught on cell phone video in Dallas. Several Good Samaritans basically stepped in to help this driver who was having a, a seizure on Highway 75. Daniel Velasco is, uh, you know, the, the name of the man who was the first person to notice the driver shaking. He was swaying back and forth on the road. So Velasco says his adrenaline kicked in. He parked his motorcycle on the side of the highway and ran to help. He said, I probably was not thinking. It was a moment where I had to do something because someone was passing away. So there's this video and you see Daniel um, running down the highway to help this And 75 this is a massive yeah, highway. Yeah, if you're not yeah. familiar, this is this is not just like, you know, side of the road kind of situation. Um, another truck came over and said that he was going to use his truck to stop him. And so Daniel said, okay, go ahead, do it. The guy did it. Um, he jumped in the back of the truck, broke the window, opened the door, and Daniel jumped inside to help the driver, touched his chest. It was beating so slow. Um, and then it would go and then it would slow down. Um, he said that a nurse saw what was happening, came in to help uh, help out with the whole thing. At the end of the story, because I do want to give you guys the, the conclusion before we give our second shot, is that um, he has no memory of what happened. He is now recovering. He is going to be okay. And my goodness, people rallied around him in such um, a vigorous way and brave way, I think, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean. That's frightening, awesome. though. Good grief. To imagine to be that guy and have no memory of, like, that could just happen out of nowhere. That's that's frightening. Sometimes I think about us, um, you know, like the... Like, are, are we safe around other people? Would people look out for me if something happened? And I just hope that I'm always in the presence of someone like Daniel. And I hope that I'm the person who would react like Daniel did with, um, it was so rapid. You know, he didn't really have time to think. He just reacted immediately. And then I would hope I would be the person to say, okay, to the guy who says, I'm going to put my truck in front of him yeah. and stop him. And we say, okay, yes, let's like, do it. It's like, yeah. who cares about my stuff mm -hmm. right now? You know, mm -hmm. all, all those little things you would think about. And it, it's such a good reminder that no matter what you think about what's going on in the world of any way, like the stories like this happen all the time still and that people are still good. I mean, there are still a lot of good people. And it's like, don't give up hope on that, right? But what I thought about this big time, which has been on my mind a lot lately, um, and, and it's kind of that old classic deal because like, like you said, he, he jumped off and – and just did it right it wasn't mm -hmm. even you know everything was aside and so I, I think about my second shot was just what i talk about a lot on just surrendering the outcome okay so so like how important it is and in business um and in your life and in what you're going after is surrendering the outcome is one of the most freeing things you can ever do and if you don't surrender the outcome you're not going it's going to be such a tough battle because you talk to anybody who started businesses or or, or went down this long path of uh, of you know maybe it's flipping a house for a first time maybe it's whatever you know mm -hmm. just you have to focus on what your inputs are because there's so many things and obstacles that can come up come in the way that can make the outcome look further and further away or or take down a different path that you didn't expect and if you would have known all of it ahead of time you, you almost probably would have never jumped out and taken that start mm -hmm. and so 
when I think about that surrendering the outcome like he did and 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 things that we do I, I think in in a lot of people's business here's what here's what the nasty uh, mind games that happen you you start something and you get going and what happens is is when things start going bad which they there will always be a time things go wrong in no matter what you're doing yeah no matter if you raise 10 million dollars in capital and it's going to last you 10 years and you got all that free there will be stuff that will go wrong what happens is is then when things go wrong people get down on themselves they mentally are struggling so what happens then is your work ethic is slowing down because your mm. mental is now, now you don't realize your work ethic you don't realize the work you're doing is a lot less but it is what's happening so what that does in it slows down how fast you get through it because the only way to get through rough times is literally whatever you're doing you got to ramp it up faster because the rough time is going to happen it's either going to last you know just for example six months or it could last three months depending on how hard you can push through it right so if you surrender the outcome then you won't let that get you down yeah. that will slow you down you see what i'm saying so so it's like focus on the inputs, focus on the work that you're doing at the end of the day and not, you know, just that one timeline, just that one thing that it's going to happen and what it's going to look like. Just just that one foot in front of you, like that grinding and surrender the entire outcome. So it's like falling in love with the process. Exactly. That's yeah. what I, I just posted about that. And this is maybe an epiphany I should have come to years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's a recent revelation. Um <laughs> my whole career I'd always been wanted you know it was like in this thing in my mind I want to work in a top 10 market in news there's 210 markets I started out in a very small one kind of worked my way up and I will say you know and I enjoyed telling the stories I've always really really loved my job otherwise I wouldn't have kept doing it but um, Dallas is market five worked in market five for six years and wouldn't you know it it's the same as working in market 125 yeah. it's still working and it, it like it kind of made me go back to Jenny fall in love with the process fall in love with the storytelling fall in love with connecting with your audience as opposed to just going toward that goal because you made it to your thing you rang the bell you know I was still you know I still have a goal of wanting to do a bigger national show but I think that this time right now is for me to really embrace like no matter what platform you're on enjoying the process because first of all then you're able to bring your best gifts to the table because you're not as worried with you know your title or status or you know all these other different things that make in the way of specifically a creative type of work um and when i posted that a lot of people a lot of times i post stuff and people like don't get it or don't react to it they're like whatever where is she going with this and that one a lot it, it really connected with a lot of people because um if we are just falling in love with the process of whatever we're doing i think that the goal will come or the money will come and if it doesn't then you still enjoyed it yeah you know what i mean yeah, I mean, it just it's a, I mean, it's such it's a constant reminder that's hard to to honor, though, right? Well, I mean, we are very goal oriented people. Yes. Yes, I like to ding the bell. Yeah, and you and you don't like and, and, and <laughs> when know? things go wrong, you're questioning on everything versus that. And I think if you or whatever you're going to jump out and start doing, if you jump out and start doing, and you really have those heart to hearts with yourself before you make that jump on surrendering the outcome and how important that is I, I truly believe if you maybe hone in on that and, and think of some of the things that can go wrong and go remember this is my outcome and know that I, I, all you can focus on are the inputs you can only focus on the stuff the work you're doing in day in day out mm-hmm. and and not worry about the outcome as much because when you start worrying about things out of your control then you become you you feel powerless you feel helpless you feel that that's when you start getting totally. that pity party me sorry for me 
But when Pobrecito. you when you surrender that outcome, you focus on nothing but the inputs, and you see that achievement every day of the inputs you're putting in. Then at the end of the tunnel is when it hits is like one of the most phenomenal things ever because you're able to get there faster as well. So whatever you're doing, I hope that this message can speak to you at any point that you know just surrender in the outcome at whatever you're going through right now and have faith that in the end it will pay off. I know for sure it will pay off. We'll be back in a minute on the second segment of Second Shot. He makes up words, she translates them. Heath and Jenny host more of Second Shot, coming up on RNCN. Ignorance on Fire, a journey of failing your way to success. It is time for you to finally go get my book. You can get it in a hard copy. You can get it through reading it on your iPad or your Kindle. And you can also get it with this beautiful redneck voice of mine in audiobook style at audible.com or anything like that. So amazon.com, you can download the Kindle or paper and you can get it on the audiobook style. You've been hearing us talk about it forever and you've been trying to sit there and tell your friends, I'm going to get it one day. Today is the day. Go get it. And it will change your life. Get after it today. Ignorance on Fire, a journey of failing your way to success, written by none other than myself. Thank you, love you, and go pick it up today. Stop. Go. Now. Ready? Aim. Fire. Second Shot is back for another round on RNCN. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We were just talking about our daughter, Brighton. We literally... This is the conversation we have. We were saying, I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say about 300, but it'd be like, hi, mama, how are you? I'm, I'm good, Brighton. How are you? I'm good. Hi, mama, how are you? Hi, Brighton. I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Oh, God. Hi, dada, how are you? That over <laughs> and over. <laughs> so like one after another, not even just later in the no, day. No, one so after it's, another. It's over and over and over. And it's like, or it's like the person that asks you a question just because they want to give their answer. Yeah. She won't always wait to hear yeah. how you are. She'll just say, I good. Yeah. Has I she ever said anything else? She's like, uh, uh, she I'm all right. Like, She's uh, talking a lot now. Well, and it's funny because my mom uh, has started to try to give her other responses. She's big on, she's worked in early childhood education, so she's yeah. been trying to teach Brighton other emotions besides just good. sad or she knows good. She sad. She goes Brighton sad. And she's using Little it as a manipulation sad. at this point <laughs> yeah. to get to do things. So my mom's been trying to teach her excited or happy or um, peaceful or all these different things, but we need peaceful. to teach her something besides... Oh, I good. <laughs> oh, I good. And she says it like she's thinking about it too. J- and yeah. Jenny's already like, no, it's it's I, I am good, right? And I'm like, good. she's like two. Wow, well, these things are important in life. What's funny is, as I've gotten older, I I have defaulted to the yeah. How was your day? That's fine. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's I'm good. I'm saying pretty much the same yeah, thing as you. You and Brighton are just <laughs> like toe to toe, head to head on that level. Now, when your wife asks you, you just say I good. I good. Yeah. I good. Yeah. I good. How are you? Okay. You know this who one's is, controversial, who man. Is not With all good? my East Texas folks, this thing is controversial Uh-oh. here. And shout out to Bailey. Yep, my cousin. Um, from the, well, I was going to let it seem like it was somebody outside of our family that was actually suggesting articles. No, but she's <laughs> but awesome. No, so we're going to give a shout cousin. out. Thank you, Bailey, for sending in this article. Really, like, very much on the pulse because this story has been huge um, across the state of Texas. And now everybody across the world that's listening to Second Shot will get to hear about it as well. So the deal is this the headline by the way coming in from easttexasmatters.com which is the NBC and fox duopoly in tyler outside of where heath is from so co wetzel throws shade at the great texas balloon race Oof. over apology i'll give you a backstory here um 
event organizers basically apologized to some people who were offended by the language he used during the concert. Some people in attendance complained that he was using profanity. Now, history on him is that he always uses profanity. It's like one of his signature things, according to you know, his fans. So here's part of the statement from the Great Texas Balloon Festival. Before we even entered into contract with Wetzel, we communicated to his management that GTBR is a family-oriented event and that while we want him to perform, the language he has used at other events was not welcome at our event. We were assured that Wetzel understood what was expected. So he fired back with it uh, at this apology, pointing to the fact that more than 60,000 fans bought tickets for the event. He said, thank you, Longview, Texas for setting the highest record attendance at the Great Texas Balloon Race. The end. So there's a lot of back and forth because some people are saying, hello, this is what he does. It's his signature move. And uh, GTBR is saying, well, we understand that. That's why we clarified ahead of time. They had it in the contract, correct? Yes, they had it in the contract. It was understood. And they, they even said in their statement that he mentioned it on stage saying, I know I wasn't supposed to do this, but and then kind of went into the profanity. So Great Texas Balloon Festival, obviously, kind of, you know, a family thing, something you might take your kids to, or, um, you know, just like an assumed to be a family event. So I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I could tear up both sides of this. Like I could literally lay into both sides and my yeah. East Texas friends are definitely heavy on one side of it and won't like some of my responses. But <laughs> the truth of the matter is, and I, honestly, I, they're 100% both at fault here. Um, What's that? Oh, I just heard a little background music going. I don't know. Is it him? Is that you? Yeah, that's if you. It, if it's him, that was, that was I that was to, not. Let's yeah. <laughs> if it's him singing, I need to put down the volume because we are also yeah, we are family very family great show. family balloon festival esque. So here's the thing. Number one, um, uh, Zig Ziglar has this story that he talks about in some of his um, um, content and his material, and he talks about how this one client had hired him several years in a row. And they were asking him, said, hey, you know, we, you've been great always, but we mm -hmm. want a little change up. Who would you recommend? So he recommended this guy. This guy sent them the tapes, and they sent back and said, well, we're going to go in another direction. Um, we're not going to look some – we don't want anybody that um, uses that language. He, he, he had had some cuss words in there. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, that's fine. I can just remove them. And he said, no, we're actually looking for somebody who wouldn't use it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And what Ziegler's talking about is that, you know, it's like I – I've never had anybody that said, man, that person was so awesome. Did you hear how foul their mouth was? How great that was? You know, like it doesn't happen. Now, I'm not hating on cussing or anything. I want you to be you, okay? The problem here is that when people start trying to go for something, like like I feel like this company was wanting the big attendance and, and um, knew what they were getting, tried to think they were shoring it up, but then the real person came out of it. Now, my other side of it is with Cole is, if he signed a contract and it was very, like, there up front, if it was, okay, if that's true, if there was a big contract and it was very split, not cussing, and he did it anyway, shame on him, okay? Yeah. But shame on them for hiring him knowing that that is really one of his staples, right? It's like it's like trying to um, um, get a leopard but say you don't want it with spots, right? Yeah. I right. mean, it's just, it is what it is. And so... Man, uh, oh, he's laughing all the way to the bank though because of all this publicity he's gotten, and people love it, and people love to be mad at the squares, like, yes. oh, you don't let him be him, you know. So, so he's loving this. I, I'm sure this was super intentional on his part, and it worked um, for him. Well, I doubt he intended for it to get there. I think he just was never not going to wear spots, right? And I mean, and and 
and shame on him if he did sign it saying he wouldn't. He should have owned. A, he should have owned his contract. Like I, I can tell you something that if you start getting, if you don't do what your contract says and you let that start spreading out, nobody will trust you. Yeah. Well, but we, we but, talked a little. Uh, we talked a little last week about the the power of saying of being honest, uh-huh. right? Of of saying I'm not right for this. Yes. Um. And he could have simply looked at the conditions that they were giving him and. You know, however great I don't know. Uh, I don't know how great the the Texas balloon or the 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 fest is. I don't know if it's a big right. well, gig. Well, I mean, sixty thousand people uh, in attendance. Yeah, clearly, clearly, there's there's something there. Like, I don't I don't know if this would be, would have been a huge gig for him, or if he could have made it up somewhere else. But still, he could have looked at what they were saying, and if he really felt in his heart that he was not going to go on stage and play by their rules, he could have said, "Look, I, I'm not that way. That's not me. That's not how I perform." Now, you can either choose to go ahead with this and know that's what you're getting, and if that's a problem for you, then we should stop here, or you can go find somebody else, right? Like, that that could have been his play, but he he took the agreement knowing that he was basically lying to them about what he was about, right? Setting expectations is so important. It's so important. So it goes beyond the, the contract, but also just setting expectations for what the type of vibe it's going to be. And it, and it seems like this was not should not have been a surprise to the organizers that um, that he was going to be like this, right? It, it was shouldn't very, have it, been a surprise yeah. to, you know, if people are even a little bit fans of him. But even if you had that and you solved in the contract, you would hope somebody would live up to their contract they shouldn't have ever hired anybody in trying to get them to change their spots. But right. he, if he agreed to a contract, he should own up. Now, what I thought about on this, really my second shot, because this is another thing that's been on my mind recently, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, when, when drug addicts and stuff are coming out and they're in rehab, one of the things that they're really taught to do to stay strong is practice rigorous authenticity. It's one of the biggest key points is like, no matter, it's like a, like that drug addict that goes into that job interview when they got a year like span of nothing, and it's like when you ask them, "Well, I've been doing a lot of drugs," you know, yeah. it's like, "What do I say?" Answer it that way. You need to tell them the truth. Like they like the biggest thing with the drug addict in rehab that, that is in recovery, they have to stick with practicing rigorous authenticity, and that is like in business in the way that I look at it when when it relates to business is that if 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 I was Co Wetzel and they're trying to give me these demands that I know I'm not, he should have practiced rigorous authenticity and said, that's not me. I can't be somebody else. You need to find someone new because here's what's going to happen. Has he got a lot of publicity? Yes. I can guarantee you this. So there's a lot of places that will never hire him because they know he won't own up to his contract. It will. It's been good and bad for him. But I'm going to tell you, I am one that really, I take pride in I do what I say I'm going to do. That is very meaningful to me, and it's meaningful that I'm looked at in that way. That no matter what happens, I'm everybody. I'm going to own up to what I say I'm going to do. Yeah. But pr- practicing that rigorous authenticity, like you know, I mean, think about it. How many times in all of our personal lives and business that there's things that we may just you know slide over here and there. But man, if you can practice that rigorous authenticity to the point that you think it'll be detrimental, it'll be 10 times better. Yeah, well, so what that does when you uh, practice the, as you're coining it, rigorous authenticity, um, it allows you to not have to use the vice to mm-hmm. hide from the thing that you did that you feel uncomfortable with. Yep. So all of us have those vices, all of us, you know, they might not be as strong or as gripping as, you know, an addiction like the first example, but, um, you know, any number of things that you're doing to mask the fact that you're not being yourself mm-hmm. are going to dig away at you and 
eat away eat away at you and it is really freeing um the other thing too is i think that when you uh, practice that authenticity people are, your people can find you better yes. like when you yeah. show your spots your people who are also for that whatever that is that you're putting out will find you and then you realize oh my gosh i can be so comfortable being myself and there are so many people obviously in this example that we're like we love him that way we are his people we love that so um i think that allowing ourselves to do that personal life business all of that will keep us from you know having to go to those own vices for the fact that we feel like we've been being so fake all day to fit somebody else's yeah, mold yeah. and this is this is short-term versus long-term thinking for him right like this is this is short term. I'm going to be me. I'm going to I'm going to do this. I don't care what the rules say versus long term, which is like if I play by their rules, maybe they'll hire me again next year and I got sure. a gig. Maybe somebody else will hire me. You know, I mean, who knows? It, he may not care about that, but I think for a lot of people think long term. Not, well, not, well, but here's the thing is I can give you another perfect example on this on the great balloon people's side of it. Sure. They should have practiced rigorous authenticity and sure. only bring it. You, right. you tell you what they, this is what happens for? in business and what happened to them. They obviously knew this young man would be a big draw. They wanted to get that splash, get a draw, right? Mm -hmm. So what they did was they risked their morals mm -hmm. and what they stand for for the money, for the fame, for the whatever, right? Yep. And they did that by stepping over that line and not being them. They got exactly what they asked for, correct? Mm -hmm. Now they have and, to apologize and for And as it. a business and anybody just doing maybe independent work or anything, there's times that... You get caught up by taking these contracts, taking these deals, or doing business with this company or this other one, even though it's you know you don't feel comfortable about it, you don't like it, but like you need the money and you want that, and you know it's not a perfect fit for you, but you try to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Instead of practicing, and, and then it ends up just consuming you, and it becomes a big disaster with everybody. Nobody likes each other, and they because it, in the first place, if you both would have practiced rigorous authenticity, you'd have never gone down the road with each other because you'd known it wasn't a good fit. I see new agents all the time that are out selling go and want to get this sale so bad, even though it's a company that's got this brand new in business and has eight employees and seven of them were hired in the last month, knowing that maybe nobody will be there and, you know, the high turnover, mm -hmm. but they still doing it, wanting the right now, and then it never pays a bill and it falls off. And then they're go wondering why they're out there trying to, you know, get a check collected. But they knew in the beginning, mm -hmm. if they had to practice, if, 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 if as a business, you practice rigorous authenticity to stay with who you are as a company, and no matter if you, you know, need that money, you go stretch out across that, man, it can get you every time. So I think honestly, on both sides here, if both sides were to practice rigorous authenticity stayed real and true to who they were this situation wouldn't happen and i'm going to challenge you out there that no matter how difficult no matter how tough that answer may be or whatever it is in business what you can stand to win or lose practice rigorous authenticity first and i think you win in the end we'll be back on a third segment of second shot now that's what i call ignorance on fire more of Heath and Jenny still to come. To all my friends in the great state of Texas, if you have not taken advantage, I have a way to save you a ton of money. I have saved over about $3,000 in the last year, and I have no hassle. Go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code Second Shot. Now, listen, promo code Second Shot, and you're going to get a free month just for signing up and saving a ton of money. So don't be crazy. Stop sitting around talking about is this the real deal and go do it right now. Energyogre.com, promo code Second Shot in a free month. Thanks. Go get it now. Run. 
off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot on RNCN. Here's a challenge I'm going to put out there. Listeners, if you got talent in this area, create a jingle for me to sing about ratings and reviews. Like ratings and reviews. Like I could do like a like cool jingle. That. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, somebody's skilled at it. Create a jingle, send it in. That'd be funny because we want you to leave ratings and reviews and we want you to share this with anybody that you know out on your Facebook, out on your second shot. If you love an episode, please share it. It means a lot to us. Yes, and we got a good review. We did. We did. We got a a, a new review that came in on iTunes on July the 20th uh, by Fan fanatic fanatic mom of three i was because fan is in all caps and the others down is kind of my dyslexia kicked in (laughs) yeah uh fanatic mom of three best episode five stars this is one of my favorite episodes so i'm guessing the one around july 20th was probably one of her favorite episodes we got a lot of great feedback on that one actually and i remember thinking it was a little bit basic but i think it's it was just the old crew back together being solid doing our second shot thing i swear to you it never fails the episodes that i leave i'm like man i I lacked on that one you know that that one was probably that that's where we just mailing that in almost and then those are the ones that the people really give and then those ones i walk out like man that was fire nobody (laughs) Nobody says says anything (laughs) i'm like that just goes to show you how how much you sometimes you don't know um i wanted you know we also the second shot cast at gmail.com if you send a email there, we'll pick it up, read it, do you know, write back to you or uh, whatever you need. Maybe headline. Maybe you want to give us an idea, topics. If you want to just be input, whatever, send a right, second even shot. Right, critique. Do the do the critique on the Gmail, not on the rating or review, <laughs> but, but sincerely send it to us because we we do want to make this show is for you. I mean, it's literally we do it for you. Um, we also do it because it's fun and we enjoy it, but we mostly do it for you. So we want to be serving you in the best way we can. Secondshotcast at gmail.com. Then Second Shot Facebook group. Go join and join on fun. We had, I, I wanted, to, it's cool because what we envisioned for the Facebook group was people collaborating, asking for, you know, and having a, a community of people with like minded, positive, business like. And so somebody had a deal in there that was, they were looking to add an inner office and sit, uh, instant messaging service to their small business and ask them, you know, what programs have you used, likes, dis- dislikes, suggestions? And there was a big conversation in that around, you know, the slacks Slack, and the, all these yeah. things, right? And so I thought that was cool. That was the stuff we wanted to get going in here was part of it was people going there and, and have a community that they could ask questions to that help them find stuff. So I thought that was neat. The second shot Facebook group, go join it. Somebody else also hired or was looking to hire a speaker for their company. And we were able to recommend a couple of people we know um, that got, I think, interviewed for that. So they're potentially speaking for that uh, company. I wanted to give a shout out to the badass ladies of DFW for having me come and speak on the podcast panel. Our audience is loving podcasts, so I just think it's neat to see little events like this popping up, um, and hopefully more events will be like this. So we were able to talk about, okay, if you want to start hosting a podcast, what you need to do. If you want to be a guest on a podcast, what you need to do. You guys know we've got an issue with that one. Yeah. Um, or if you want to advertise on a podcast, like if you want to be you know, sponsoring a podcast, all that kind of stuff. So shout out to that network for having me come on. Now, we have our second shot question of the week we try to give you a thought-provoking question so that you can kind of we can use it in the facebook group you can use it to elevate your conversation with your friends out and about as opposed to just talking about the weather and here is today's question who are the top three people who are still living who you would like to spend five minutes with that you never have met that you get a chance to yeah hmm 
you know, I love this question. I think this is one of those questions that, you know, whenever you meet people and you're at anything and like, it's always, oh, what do you do? Where are you from? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is one of those questions that saying. I think that if you're, yeah, it really yeah. is. It's different and better, right? I mean, that's why I'm, it, I think it's so much better to do this one. You get to know somebody well. So, um, mine are, uh, mine have changed one because I met one of them at one point. But John Maxwell. Yeah, I, 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 but I met him now, so. I can't use that one. Scratch that one off the list. Mine is George W. Bush. Mine is um, Brett Favre, Mark Cuban. Ooh. Well, so two of them I feel like are super possible. Well, three of them because you stalk one of them on account of being the Packers fan that you are. <laughs> it's a little weird. But so I, I won't think be against going to Mississippi and trying to sneak on his land and just knock on <laughs> the door. That is weird. That I'm is, not scared. Do not send the authorities. You might ought to be. Um, not scared. But being in Dallas, I feel like a couple, like... Yeah, George this, babe, Bush doesn't live... George W. Bush lives like two oh, and a half miles from us. Not that we're stalking him, but um, you need to start writing that down on a, like, a thing every day. Yeah, those, You know, you need to start envisioning that. Those three would be the three that, that I definitely... Why, give me a quick why. Well, Brett Favre is just, was my first, like, he, hero in the football league. Like, I, I loved him as a player. He was my all-time favorite player that I've ever loved the most, and... I love the way he played the game. He played it fearlessly. He went for it all, or he lost. Big. He either won big or lost big, and I love that mentality. He never laid down. He is the Iron Man. He never went out on his team. He played with the fun heart of like a kid at, at, at whatever, and he also achieved great things, so I love that. Um, George W. Bush is just, you know, a Texas icon, and, um, you know, his I loved his realness, you know, as a, as a president. You know, I just felt like he owned and lived the accent, the things, no matter what, he didn't really yeah. kind of change as much, and I like that. And I think that as a he had one of the, you know, any president that, that is a president during the wartime that he was and what he had to go through with all of that, you know, is always the, you know, I would the, the how he made certain decisions and stuff. I read his book, Decision Points, and it was so enlightening and how crazy it would be to make those and then – um, Mark Cuban, just entrepreneur and, and super successful in, in, in businesses. I would love to just get to know him. What about you, Matt? Uh, well, I, I will tell you, if you hang around the Michaels on Greenville Avenue, you might run into Laura Bush because we've done that before. We were in there shopping and all these really intense looking dudes in Sunday, you know, Sunday relaxed wear came in and I was like, something's going on here. And then Laura Bush walked in. She went, went shopping at Michaels. <laughs> um, not that you should stalk the first lady. Um so mine are i don't have a specific name for this first one but it, it i would have to do a little research but i would love to meet someone who's been who's younger than me and who's been very successful in the online social media space because okay. it's one thing that i feel like i would want i would want to get better at okay um i feel pretty good in my technical skills but one thing i'd love to learn more is like how to promote yourself how I to like do that. things like that your, your person needs to be gary v then okay that's who you. Yeah. Th- that's who you need to strive to meet. Start okay. following him. Sure, Gary V. I, I mean, I've, he is old, I've seen he's it. He's older I've, than you, but yeah, but he, he knows. But he's, he good, knows at, but he's good at. Yeah. Yes. So I would love. I mean, I know five minutes is not a long time to to. But I would love for someone just to say, point me in this direction. Read, you know, start to read this. Start to think about this, and, and give me that. Um, in in uh, for a similar answer, but since I've always been a big fan of radio and i mean you can think what you want about him but i would love to sit down with howard stern and yeah. talk to him yeah that would be cool um you know even if you don't like Your his content expert, yeah. you can't you can't deny about the impact that howard stern made on the radio business and just how he took 
started from such a small point and had the vision to you know make himself a worldwide star i think that's that's incredible um and then dirk i want to i want to i'd love to sit down with dirk. oh yeah i love dirk and one. i have no reason for that other than i love dirk I, I think dirk is just such an incredible story of someone who had the talent to go play anywhere he wanted to in the league but he was he was uh loyal to dallas almost to a fault and um but i don't think he's paid for it like i think i think it worked out for him and um i just think that's uh, such a cool story and God, it, I mean, it, it when he retired, it brought out such a big mm-hmm. deal. Like, what a, a unique story Dirk was as compared to the rest of I say, Dirk Nowitzki. Anybody yeah, yeah. who doesn't know yeah, Dirk yeah. by his yeah, first yeah, name, yeah. but um, what what an interesting story? How unique he was versus the rest of the league. Heath and I, so just like we your hot tip him. on Laura, Heath and I got to meet him. I was doing a story um, on was it that it was that movie the, that documentary come, the movie uh, come yes. out on, mm. and it was re- only one reporter from each station got to go, and I got to be that reporter. And so I think it's the only time I've ever invited Heath to work, but I knew that that would be cool for him, so he came and met me. And it was one of those days where I worked from like two thirty in the morning until like seven at night. But it was obviously worth it to be able to meet him, and he was so kind. And I hope that you do get to meet him. Yeah, I'd love to. Wonder I have I have run into Mark Cuban before in the hallways, and he gave me a head nod. So I'll, I'll oh. take that. So you guys are boys. Yeah, we're boys. What about you? I feel like we're out of time, but should I do it anyway, <laughs> yeah, really quick? Yeah, okay. of course. So, well, you guys are probably going to know my first obvious one. So if I have to pick one of the Chip and Joanna gains, obviously because I want to pitch my TV show to them, I would pick Chip only because. I'm thinking more like in a business sense. And when we saw them at Rough Creek Lodge, he was the one who lingered a little bit longer and spoke to people a little bit longer. So I'm thinking he might give me like more than five minutes to explain my thing. Not that I wouldn't want to meet Joanna, but if I had to pick one of the two, that's who I would pick. And I would tell them about my show idea. Um, The next person would be the same. This has been on my list of, you know, my top three since I was a child, and that would be Oprah. I, I mean, I don't need to give you guys a reason. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. need to explain that to you. I feel like she could inspire my entire life and like motivate me just in that five minutes. Um, and I would just love to hear how personal life is for her now too, um, because she's she is somebody who has continued to evolve and evolve and evolve and, and has continued on with successes and, and faced a lot of controversy um, after the, you, you know, throughout all of it. So, um, so I'd like to hear about that. And then my news anchor idol, this is the same person that I would have forever as my news anchor idol is Robin Mead. She's on CNN headline Mm -hmm. news. Um, So not regular CNN, but HLN. You guys, if you don't have a favorite go-to morning news anchor and you're looking for something that is not political, that's not salacious, that's not just politics, and that's actually fun and uplifting, you have got to watch Robin Mead. She has such a like gregarious personality, but also soft and sweet. Um, I just- Y'all are very similar. Thanks, babe. I would love to meet her because I would love to say, hey, if you ever need a day off, can I just like, fill in for you? <laughs> for free. Um, yeah, for free. I mean, I just, I think that her show is a show I would like to work on um, because it doesn't it hit those, t- it's not all political, it's not controversial. She really is just telling people the news and that is a gift in 2019 because not a lot of shows yeah. are that way. So those are my three. I don't think that any of our three are out of the question. Go to the Second Shot Facebook group and let us know your three and maybe use this 
as a way to have a more intriguing conversation throughout your day as opposed to just what do you do or how's the weather or where do your kids go to school and if you like the show share this with your friends if this hits you in any kind of spot share it with somebody you know put it on facebook instagram etc where can they find you one note if you're watching this on facebook live this is not the actual podcast yeah you need to go to the podcast app download and subscribe so that you'll get it every week because the facebook thing's just like a little thing we do randomly um jennyandchando.com and all of my social media is under jenny and chando anc H-O-N-D-O. Uh, you can find me Matt Stoker one on Instagram and also in the Facebook group. I'm hanging around. Come find me. And he folks at ignorance on fire. I love you guys. See you next time.